In this episode, we've got some fun stuff. Do you want to be a little more specific? Okay, fine. We've got some public shaming. (laughs) That's always fun. (laughs) It's always fun. We've got a new revelation from the prophet, in quotations, about the the Book of Mormon. Prophet of the Lord. Prophet of the Lord. Rusty. We also have a he said what? That's actually... That's it's, the same that thing. Is, yeah. Yeah. And Mary, don't you have some what they said to get into the group? Mm-hmm. Sure do. Those are real funny. And possibly if we have some time, answers to listener questions. We'll just see what we get to. All right. Okay. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. My name's Mary. My name's Shelly. Wait, I want to start. Oh. Do you even realize at the roughly the end of this month, Mm -hmm. and we're halfway through. Oh, the end of November. That Okay. Well, um, roughly the end of November, Mm -hmm. we will have been podcasting for three fucking years. Wow. Once a week. Pretty much. Sometime, well, we had the, the midweek ones, so average all that out. Mm-hmm. Once a week for three years. Yeah. Yeah, it's been awesome. <laughs> Are you That's impressed crazy. with yourself? I am. Three fucking years. That's uh, Give yourself a little round of applause there, Shelly. Golf clap. <laughs> just think of like all the people we've met and all the, it's just yeah. been all the things we've talked about. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Building the community was my favorite part of this whole process was is well sure i'm just looking back yeah, in this case is you're like all worried, we, we're not stopping this okay they're <laughs> no. like fuck this is their last no we're still going going strong <laughs> yeah all right you just were thinking about that huh i was because we hmm. just discussed because i keep saying we've been podcasting for two years two years and i'm like i've been saying that for about a year now so hmm. um it time must to be coming it. up on three yeah must be. <laughs> <laughs> oh how time flies how it does. How it very fucking does. Uh-huh. Speaking of community, mm-hmm. should we just dive into the what they said to get in the group segment? Fuck yeah. We've got some good ones. The one made me LOL, like literally out loud I was laughing. I'll tell you when you get to that one. All right. Well, why don't you cue the intro? Cue the intro. What they said, what they said to get into the group. Okay, as a reminder, this is answering questions to get into the Latter-day Lesbian discussion group on Facebook. Whew, that's a mouthful. Latter-day Lesbian podcast. Jesus Christ. Discussion group on Facebook. Yeah. Okay, thank you, moderators, Mm -hmm. Jess, uh, Alice, and Jamie. Thank you so much. Yeah, y'all rock. We haven't seen you in forever, and it's upsetting to us, so. I know. We need to have, like, a moderator party. We could have a Christmas letter envelope stuffing party again. Oh this yeah, year. like last year. Okay, if y'all are listening, it's going down. If y'all are listening and you're vaccinated, it's mm. going down. Yes. Okay. Yes. So today is answering that question: What's a foom pod? Mm. Okay, these are good. Go right ahead. Okay, so the first response is fucked up Mormon phrase that Mary can't guess. <laughs> uh, okay, thanks for rubbing that in. Boom. Sometimes I get it. It's like, you're like at 2%. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, I'm, Harsh. Just being, I'm just being mathy. Yeah, you and this listener agree that I suck at that yeah, game. it's true. Okay, thanks for everyone pointing that out. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, the next one. Fucking up movie pilots on the down low. Huh, okay. Ah, that's interesting. <laughs> movie pilots. Like uh, Tom Cruise or Goose. Oh, Val Kilmer. Oh, like a pilot, like from Top Gun. What did you think? I was thinking kind of like how a like show a has a one? pilot. 
You know, like when you're watching a show, yes. you might watch the pilot. Yeah. Does that to make see sense? If you, see if the, yeah. It kind of yeah. introduces the That's show. That's what I was thinking. I think it's like from <laughs> Top Gun. Okay. I could be wrong. Why I don't not? know. Listener, what did you mean by that? Or like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He was a pilot. What, uh, who did he play? He actually again? wasn't a pilot. Yeah, he, he was. He played a pilot. Well, sure. No, no, I mean, he wasn't really a pilot. It depends on the movie. Oh. He also played— um, An actual pilot? Yeah, uh, Lindbergh, Charles Lindbergh. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of the one where he just pretends to be Correct. Things. So yeah. he's been a pilot, in quotes, in at least two movies that <laughs> we it. know of. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe even in The Great Gatsby, who knows? Maybe I, he was a pilot know. in that, too. Who All knows? right, next one. Fucking uppity Mormon prophets of times departed. Oh, I like that. That's a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Feeling up my partner on the driveway. God, yes. <laughs> a good should idea. We, should we try that one out? Should we? Yeah. See how that works? Hold, please. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> yeah, right. That was quick. <laughs> we ran downstairs. I guess so. Mm-hmm. This one says, no clue, but was just wondering when I checked out the merch. Oh, <laughs> they went to the merch page and was like, Foompod. What's a Foompod? Yeah, there's a Foompod t-shirt and possibly other things you can get. Just a plug quickly for Redbubble. Mm-hmm. If you go to Redbubble and search our merch, search our merch. Search our merch. I like merch it. Merch search. You don't have to stick with the designs that I put on our website. You can get anything. There's so many different things on there. Yeah, you can. Well, you do have to stick with our designs, but you can put our designs on any product. Pretty much. That they have. Practically any product. Yes. Yeah. There's probably a few they don't have. Correct. And the holidays are coming up, so they make great (laughs) gifts. I would say that along with coffee. Who's our coffee sponsor today, Mary? (laughs) Well, let's get through this and then we'll mention our coffee sponsor. Well, don't forget. Okay, Okay. Won't do it. This one says, why is this quiz so hard? <laughs> That's not the answer to what a foompot is. Nope. But wait, I'm sure we let this person into the group anyway. I think they've just started listening to the podcast. Okay. So we're going to um, go. It better be in order. <laughs> go back to the beginning. <laughs> okay. So this person, what's a foompod? I'm only on episode seven. Uh, effed up Mormon phrase of the day. Fuck yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, th- this person had to cheat. <laughs> you think? Maybe they were checking out the merch. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, the merch doesn't no. give it away. Maybe it they asked give a friend. Maybe. Did they phone a friend? Maybe. Is it kind of like, who wants to be a millionaire or a billionaire? Oh, the Latter-day Saints Church. Uh-huh. Church they of Jesus be Christ a, of Latter-day Saints. Sorry, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Speaking of who wants to be a millionaire, I watched this episode once and I loved it because... The guy was on the last question, right? And he was like, oh, God. And all he had left was phone a friend. And it was the million-dollar question. And he was, hey, it's the dogs. Someone wrote it and said they enjoy when the dogs interrupt. Do they? Well, there you go. They'd be the only ones. Yeah, leave it in, Dan. (laughs) Guess who is not a fan of that? (laughs) (laughs) It might be cute to the listeners. I'm raising my hand. Yeah, it's, it's adorable. Like, yeah, it's like when something slightly annoying happens once in a blue moon, it can be cute, but when it's every fucking day. Oh, what? I can equate it to this. You're just sitting there peacefully minding your own business, and a balloon pops right in your ear every day. That's what it's like having the dogs explode into barking fits <laughs> for me. The best, so the best <laughs> is when we're sitting on the couch and we're snuggling the dogs, uh-huh. and suddenly there's the sound of like, a twig falling on the driveway mm-hmm. and Domino goes batshit crazy. So <sighs> first, dog. the two of them 
jump up and they're like in mm-hmm. our lap so it hurts and then they fight right on top of us for like 14 <laughs> seconds and then they take off after the twig. Oh my god, whose idea was it to get these mutts? I mean, mm-hmm. I do love them, mm-hmm. but they they're louder in this house. I think this house there's a lot more dogs in the neighborhood. There's yeah. lots of windows. There are a lot of windows. We're not yeah. as much in the boonies yeah. in this house. It's kind of more populated. Do you listeners want to hear what we do when this happens? Hey! Shut the fuck up! Y'all stop it! <laughs> fuck! Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. Oh, come Jesus on up, Domino. Are you going to come in? Come on, Domino. Get their asses in oh, here. Maybe they'll them. be quiet. Great. They can fight in studio. All right. I think that was all of the responses. Oh, okay. To what they said to get into the group. This week's coffee sponsor is Apostate Coffee. Yeah. Go to apostatecoffee.com. And when you go to check out, mm-hmm. there's a little place that says, do you have a promo code? Enter it here. Mm-hmm. All you do is enter LDL mm-hmm. at checkout. Just three little letters. Three little letters for 10% off your order. Boom. Get yours today. And like I was saying earlier, 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 I have noticed that er sounds are hard for me. They are. <laughs> anyway, okay. uh, like I said beforehand, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, they make great holiday gifts. Coffee is always a great gift. It is. Yeah. It is. I would never say no to that. And they have some fun merch as well. Oh, shit. If you're in a merch mood, check them out. Search out that merch. Search for some merch. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, you're the one kind of leading this one. Oh, okay. Here we go. My Tell turn. Me. So someone posted in one of the Exmo groups. It's a picture of a portion of the Deseret News back from March 22nd of 1947. And this is a legit newspaper? It's still around today, the Deseret News. And it's not a Mormon paper? Yes and no. It's not considered a Mormon paper, but it's very skewed pro-Mormon, I would say. Okay, but it's just a Utah... Utah paper. Paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep in mind, 1947, people who were born then, or who were like, you know, 20 years old, then they, they could very well still be alive today. Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. So this is what they did back in the day. There's an entire section called Excommunicated from Church. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about it, public shaming. <laughs> is it right next to the obituaries? I mean, come on. <laughs> you, you're dead to me. Uh-huh. So yeah, here's who was excommunicated from church on March 22nd of 1947. <laughs> Lonely Rachel Sims. Elmer Rainey Duggar, Margaret Elizabeth Jacobs, Mary Jane May Hagen, Carl Alphonse Altenberger, Charlotte Teresa Altenberger. Ooh, they did it together. Nice. <laughs> they went out together. Mm-hmm. Esther Lotz Moag Henning, Bradford McAllister, Edward Kenneth Minchu, Henry D. Melvin, Margaret Jocelyn Hiltz Gowell. Whew. Johanna A. von Santen Kieswetter. Wow. Delbert D. Hill, Franklin Dewey Anderson, Norman Greenwood Stead, and June <laughs> wait, Gale wait, wait. Sutherland. This was all on the same day? Well, yeah, in the I same don't week. Know if it's the, same, the same week, yeah. Was oh. this a weekly or daily publication? Do you have any idea? Okay, so these stem between, they're all the same. Let's see, they're August. May, March, I think they just lumped up like the spring and summertime excommunications <laughs> in the area. And by the way, most of these are in from, they even say where? Miami Branch, Southern States Mission. Another one from Miami Branch. So clearly Florida was waking the fuck up. <laughs> and I would like to say con- congratulations. <laughs> Congratulate, Florida. You, get, you did something right, Florida. Good job. You did it right. <laughs> you got the boot. Um, by the way, if anyone knows anyone of these people who are still alive, 
Please hug them for me. Right. I was going to say, gonna to say go. Uh, let us know. Please write in if you are related to any of these people. <laughs> That's fascinating. And they were literally, I think, all but two were in Florida. There's one <laughs> in Utah, one in Nevada, and one in Maine. How funny. There you go. Florida was like, fuck this shit. Fuck this. I'm going to get excommunicated. <laughs> I wonder what they got excommunicated for. Now, that would have been badass. If oh, if been they like, listed that too. Yeah. For, you know. Drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you're right. It could have been so petty. I mean, some of these might be axe murderers. I don't know, because they tend to let those back in. <laughs> totally. Um, oh, yeah. Probably if coffee you drinkers. any kind of, like, abuser. Ooh, yeah, pedophile. Uh, murderer. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. Don't hug those people for us. <laughs> it's the coffee drinkers who who got excommunicated. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that coffee need to be Coffee and hugs. alcohol drinkers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yes. Swimming on the Sabbath. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> you know the water uh, is ruled over by Satan. Absolutely. Maybe they took their garments off <gasps> once. <laughs> on laundry day. <laughs> Eric, you're out of here. You're out. Wait, loud laughter. See oh, ya. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good God. <laughs> anyway, I just want to congratulate those people from doing what it takes to get out of the cult. <laughs> I can't believe that was just printed in a newspaper. I mean, talk about <laughs> public fucking shaming. Yeah. And you know what's interesting to me is that this was back in 1947. And again, that is actually not that long ago. You know, I mean. Yeah. Well, we have the internet now. Who do we know who's been excommunicated? How is that public? Oh, let me think. Sam Young. John DeLynn. Natasha Helfer. So many. Kate Kelly. Yep. Lots of people. Yep. It's still public. But I just don't know if it's published anymore in church news. However, there's still massive public shaming in the church. For example, if you leave the church, you could very well get shunned from Mm -hmm. family and friends. If you are excommunicated from the church, fuck yeah, you're getting shunned. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to talk to you. That's like the worst thing you could do is get excommunicated from the church. Right. Yeah. Mm. Good God. Mm-hmm. So what's next on your list? I think I want to talk about BYU devotionals. Oh, one of my favorite subjects. Not Right, really. right. <laughs> so when I was at BYU, it was every Wednesday, pretty sure. So this is like church? Sort no, of? no. Every Wednesday, the obedient students of BYU at like one o'clock, whenever the fuck it was, I don't remember, all like cattle would herd themselves into, was it where they played basketball in BYU? I don't remember. Big, big, big building. Stadium? Stadium. Thank you. Not, not the outdoor one, but the indoor one. That's still a stadium. Okay. Okay. Not football, but basketball. Regardless, doesn't matter. <laughs> We would walk in there like just cattle, following Mm -hmm. the sound of the lovely Motab music. And you go in there and every fucking Wednesday, someone gave a devotional. I know this church is true kind of No, that's that's a uh, testimony. Devotional is like a talk. It was like 45 minutes long and I did it because I was obedient. But what a waste of time. (laughs) Absolutely. So just last week, I want to say a lady by the name of Sister Rebecca L. Craven. Wow. Why is it that every fucking person in the church who rises to any kind of self-seen importance has to throw the fucking initial out there? (laughs) Rebecca L. Craven. I bet she never went by Rebecca L. Craven until she was asked to speak at this mm-hmm. BYU devotional. Middle initials are very important to Mormons, mm-hmm. evidently. <laughs> I For think some I'm going to start using mine. Are you? No, you're not. No, I'm not. Anyway, she talked about blah, blah, blah. And then she gets to, oh, her entire thing is called Sister Craven explains during BYU devotional how to stand out as a disciple of Christ. In other words, how to be fucking annoying and judgmental. So let me scroll down to the part that's my favorite. By the way, every time you say Sister Craven, 
for some reason, that Sister Christian song comes through my head. Like, Sister Craven, oh, mm-hmm. the time has come. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I digress. You did, you did digress. Sister Craven. What there, does Sister Craven have to say? Well, there's so much good stuff in here. I don't know what to jump around to. So I'll, I'll just kind of introduce what we're going to talk about. She says, when she was younger... A person who didn't go along with the crowd. By the way, this is someone retelling what she said. Right? So when was this devotional talk That's given? super recent. I don't know. Okay. Recently. All right. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like in the 40s. No, it was like right now. <laughs> okay. Like last Wednesday. Oh, okay. really recent. Okay. Yes. When she was younger, a person who did not go along with the crowd or the ways of the world would be called square. How the fuck old is she? She doesn't look that old. Are you sure, this was, are you sure this was from last week? It was. She just <laughs> grew up in the 20s, I guess. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Which is an appropriate word to describe a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Squares? As one <laughs> definition of square is to be exact, straight, and direct. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate this talk already. <laughs> Whatever the term for standing out and being different you might use, the Lord needs us to be recognizable as His disciples. She then shared examples of what dignity and demeanor look like in a true disciple of Christ. This is where it gets good. Mm. Pay attention. This is language of discipleship, she says. Does our language reflect His image in our verbal countenance? Hate the word countenance. <laughs> it's so fucking Mormon. Is verbal countenance even a thing? I was wondering. Pause. Googling. Okay, I just Googled. It's not a fucking thing, Sister Rebecca L. Craven. Verbal countenance? No. So countenance is a person's face or facial expression. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And that's just the word countenance. When I did search for verbal countenance, there's just nothing. Nothing. Nothing and more nothing. So, oh, Sister L. Craven, come on. I mean, Rebecca. <laughs> Next. Swearing exhibits an absence of discipline and character, and the Lord is disappointed when those who claim to be his disciples use lewd, vulgar, or sexually explicit language. Um, what? Did the Lord, like, dial her up and say, hey, I'm disappointed in all the swearing. Can you deliver my message? Is that what happened? For sure. And you know what's funny is I did a search um, because I am searchy, and did you know that There's a part in the Bible that says, thou shalt not swear. This is Jesus talking. He says, you snakes, Mm -hmm. you brood of vipers, Mm -hmm. how will you escape being condemned to hell? So I looked up brood of vipers, as you do, and here's what it says. To call someone a viper was to insult them considerably. Oh. So that's like a swear when I'm like, you fucking asshole. Yeah, you asshole. Yeah. You've brewed a vipers. (laughs) So guess who swore? Jesus. I kind of like fake Jesus even more at this point. (laughs) Should we start calling people vipers? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call Rebecca L. Craven a viper. How about that? I may not be a brood of vipers, but I could be a brooding viper. Oh, I like that. You like it? I like that. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Sister Craven warned against using the Lord's name in an irreverent or vain way or speaking his name without purpose, hmm. which in my mind includes substituting words or acronyms that are like unto it. I also hate the term like unto it. <laughs> Did she always speak this way or mm-hmm. was it when she had to, to speak in this devotional? You know what I wonder about people like this? What? What do they sound like when they're at a drive through window at like Wendy's? Are they Whoa. like... 
I would have the fries like unto the <laughs> chicken sandwich. Are he, but, but <laughs> is her language reflecting his image in her verbal countenance is what, <laughs> as she's ordering. You, you viperous brood. He forgot. Moreover. <laughs> Moreover, I will supersize that. <laughs> I don't even think that's a thing anymore. You can't supersize anything anymore. No. Just not, like not large size is supersized. Right. They're like, mm, we're going to take this language out once yeah. that documentary came out. I was going to say, I think that came from the documentary. Mm -hmm. So, sister, Rebecca L. Craven. (laughs) Suck it. She also says, dignity in speech is not just the words we use. She noted, it's also what we talk about. All right, sister. And she's like, blah, 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 sarcastic comments, yada, yada. Oh, she doesn't like sarcasm either? She also pointed out that an elevated tone can quickly raise tension and drive away the spirit. So, hey, little ladies, (laughs) you just say, you know— you Just be me. Vi- you're brood of vipers. Yeah, like don't get angry. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to call someone a brood of vipers. That's no. like a swear. That's true. Don't get angry. No. Suppress all your high-strung emotions. Mm-hmm. Be sweet. Be sweet. Be quiet. Mm-hmm. Don't make any sounds. So she um, she recalls a time when her children broke a favorite snow globe. Uh-oh. The fact that she had a favorite snow globe is funny to me. <laughs> a favorite one. Uh, though the instance <laughs> was over 30 years ago. She says never forgot. Clearly, (laughs) The looks on their little faces still haunt me, as well as the feelings of shame that overtook me due to my impulsive behavior and the immediate withdrawal of the spirit. Oh, my God. I mean, unless she beat the shit out of her kids, like, (laughs) every parent gets upset. The withdrawal of the spirit. That's what I'm confused about. How do you know? Is it a feeling? Like the spirit's in your body, then it's out of your body. <laughs> it's made up. <laughs> you think? Do you think that if you get mad, Ooh, the that spirit was leaves? Jesus got mad and called a bunch of people vipers. A brood of vipers. Did Jesus' spirit leave Jesus? Jesus huh. is spirit, I thought. I'm confused. I'm a little lost Did he get well. an external spirit or was he spirit? Or is the Holy Spirit something else and that was in Jesus? Oh, yeah, the I'm Trinity. I'm confused. Wait. Mormons don't believe in the Trinity. Regardless, if your child breaks your favorite snow globe, then don't, don't get upset. Don't get upset. Give them another one to break. Oh, or sit down and explain to them, now, Johnny, I know that I told you 47,000 times not to play with the snow globe, but, but now that's it's broken. Okay. I'll get a new one. You go out and play. But you just keep breaking my snow globes and don't listen to any of my rules. No. It's fine. Kid, I think that kids need to see their parents express emotion. Yeah, and if the rule was don't play with my damn snow globe, then guess what? You played with it, it broke, and I'm going to say something. Honestly, if ki- <laughs> if kids being raised don't learn that behaviors can anger people, yeah. what the fuck are they going to be like when they're adults? Guess they're going to be shocked yeah. the first time their boss is like, hey, what right. about those TP reports, right? TP? TS? Toilet paper? What are they mm. from that movie? What movie? Squid Game? Nope. That's not a movie. <laughs> we just finished that, by the way. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird as shit. I don't recommend it. What was it? Uh, TP? Yeah, from um, Office Space. Oh, it's been a minute since okay, I've seen that. I'm not really sure. Uh, here's another <laughs> thing that Sister Rebecca L. Craven bullshitted about. Sister Craven has heard people say— Sister Craven every time. A. Every time. Craven has heard people <laughs> say they occasionally lower their standards to be relatable or empathetic to another person. And here's her quote. Lower your standards. Certainly the Savior reached down to look into the eyes of another person. 
but he never stayed there. He never (laughs) changed his standards or principles in an effort to be a relatable friend. She said, he always took them by the hand and brought them up to where he was standing. He raised them up and left them better than they previously were. Mm. So let's judge people if we deem that they're below us. Sure. Yeah, this reminds me of how haughty I used to be. Me hearties. <laughs> um, concerning people who I thought I was above because I was Mormon and they uh, weren't. Or they yeah. were and they weren't abiding by the principles. Right. Like I looked down at people who drank coffee. I, I mean, I, I I sucked. I was a total yeah, Mormon Yeah, you looked bitch. around to see who was taking the sacrament that week. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember— So was that Jesus-like? No. You don't, oh, you don't it's think very so. very Mormon-like, though. Very Mormon-like. Yeah. Well, I mean, according to her, it was Jesus-like. Yeah. Sister Craven. Sister Craven. No. She sure knows a lot about what Jesus likes or does. And I don't know how she thinks that because she doesn't have the priesthood. She doesn't have that direct connection. <laughs> right, that line of authority. Yeah, get back in your place, Sister Rebecca L. Craven. <laughs> um, so this whole being better than others and feeling like you need to lift them up Why the fuck do you think you get to decide what level people should be on? For example, coffee drinking. Are Mm -hmm. you really so much above them that you need to raise them out from the depths of their decaf (laughs) and just fucking, like, how petty is that? And so I'm thinking of the time when I very first started drinking coffee. First of all, it was in secret, not sacred. Mm -hmm. And But the first time I, like, went out with friends— to get coffee. Oh, I bet you were looking over your shoulder. Of course I was. But I was also feeling this communal love sounds weird, but like just this love and being one with regular ass good people. I wasn't Mm. any better Mm -hmm. than them, but I felt- You were one of of the crowd. I was one of the crowd. I was one with humanity Mm -hmm. and I had not felt that before. I didn't feel like I had to pull them up to my level. My level when I was a Mormon- was shitty, Mm -hmm. okay? So for her to somehow emphasize that we don't need to get on people's levels because Jesus never did, fuck you. Yeah, it's very um, judgy, McJudge face. Yeah. You know, for me personally, when I hear of a woman in the church speaking like this, I get more disappointed and saddened by it because she has clearly bought in to the patriarchy. Oh, yeah. She sounds like them. She acts like them. And when I say them, I mean like the leaders of the church. She's saying things that they would say. She's being— She's emphasizing her middle initial. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, damn it. When are these Mormon women going to stand up and be like, I'm kind of done with the patriarchy. Yeah. I'm kind of over it. Mm -hmm. So I get a little disappointed. I want to rescue her. I want to go down to her level and pick her up to my (laughs) level of drinking and, you know— and having the blinders Swearing. removed. Yeah. Taking calling, that uh, red matrix pill. Calling people brood of vipers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. She has to buy into the patriarchy. Think about it. Oh, she would never be allowed to. Exactly. To, exactly. She would exactly. never be allowed. I bet you she was interviewed to be able to speak. And I bet you her talk that she gave was vetted. Oh, for sure. For sure. <sighs> yeah. Mormons. Mormons gonna morm. I think now might be a good time to take a commercial break, Shelley. Is this when we want to go touch each other in the parking lot? Oh, you want to? Or the driveway. It's a driveway. driveway. We don't have a parking lot. No, you're right. Okay, let's go. Okay, be right back. We're back. Yes, we are. That was some amazing touching each other in the driveway. <laughs> That's my new favorite place. The driveway? Not really. Okay. A lot of kids hang out there. That'd be weird. Mm -hmm. Yep, that is a little weird. 
So we were thinking that you have some stuff to say about Rusty M. Nelson speaking of middle initials, and we were going to make that a he said what, but then Mm -hmm. we were thinking about the last segment about what's her name. She could have been a she said what. She said what. So why don't we do a combo of they said what. Well, shit, count it down, baby. Three, two, one. They said what. That's horrible. It was real bad. But these were both really bad things they said, so. <laughs> so they deserve a shitty intro. Oh, hell yeah. All right, what does Rusty M. Nelson have to say today? So let's talk about my favorite book to rip on, The Book of Mormon. Oh, is that your most favorite to rip on? Because what about Miracle of Forgiveness? <laughs> That's probably my most favorite. That and uh, Fascinating, Fascinating Womanhood. Womanhood. Mm-hmm. We, we, we haven't read from that one in a while. Should we put that on the list for next week? Maybe yeah. the week after? Okay. And I don't think we've ever read from Miracle of Forgiveness, have we? We may yeah, have the whole to don't it. masturbate or you'll be gay thing. I mean, I said it better than Ah, uh, so did. we kind of referred to it, but we haven't read directly from it, maybe. We have read directly from we it. Have. Raise your hand if you heard me read it. Oh, all right. Hands are raised. Okay. Okay. How quickly we forget. Right. Meaning me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, way back in the day, Joseph Smith said about the Book of Mormon, and by the way, I'm pulling this from... Uh, June 1984. I don't know if it's an enzyme or whatever. I don't know. It's on the church website, churchofjesuschrist.org. So I'm not making this shit up. It, it is from the enzyme. I'm sorry. And just so you know that everything in the enzyme. Can you remind our listeners what that is, please? This is some fucking magazine. This is like the Grown Ups magazine. The New Era is the teen magazine, and The Friend is the Let's Get Them Fucking Brainwashed Young magazine. But this is directed, this magazine is directed to members of the church. Yes. Okay. And Not what like I'm, all of Utah, no, necessarily. No, which is mostly, mostly members Mormon. of the church. <laughs> <laughs> right. Except for Salt Lake. Go Salt Lake. Woo, woo. But Deseret News is an actual newspaper that's for everyone. Correct. This enzyme thing is supposed to be for church members. Correct. Okay. Correct. All righty. Uh, and I wanted to point out that they consider the enzyme and all those church publications as canonized scripture, meaning it's all approved of by the head honchos. So if you read it in here— and it's still in here. It's supposed to be approved of by the prophet and the 12. Hmm. So back in 84, this article by Monty Nyman, I don't care you, who you are. Um, I don't know who you are. But he quoted Joseph Smith. So obviously this is legit because Joseph Smith was the original prophet of the Lord. Oh, he's the OG Mormon. He's the OG. <laughs> he's the OG creep pedophile. Okay. The Book of Mormon, this is Joseph Smith, is the most correct of any book on this earth. (laughs) Typos and all. Whoopsie. (laughs) And a man would get near to God by abiding by his precepts than any other book. Okay, that's also bullshit. So this is what's great. So then Monty Nyman, and again, remember, this has been approved of by um, the head honchos. The most correct of any book on earth was a bold statement to make in Joseph Smith's day, Mm. let alone an hour day of sophisticated publication. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find the errors in it? Grammar. (laughs) Uh, Then he says, this statement is still applicable for the Lord has never rescinded it nor cast doubt upon it. Has he not? <laughs> Until, <laughs> Until and fast forward. Fast forward to like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what's his name? Sorry, Monty Lyman. <laughs> you have now been made a liar. And so has the Lord. 
So No, the Lord changed his mind. That's true, because he does that. He's like, <laughs> meh, actually, that book's full of shit. <laughs> it's actually just fun fiction. <laughs> fun fan fiction. God. So very, very recently, President, <laughs> Prophet, <laughs> Rusty M. Nelson, and some sidekicks, they were in Kansas and Oklahoma. Wait, how does this work? Huh? President and Sister Nelson and Elder and Sister Ugdorf share Heartland Council to Latter-day Saints in Kansas, comma, Oklahoma. <laughs> there's there's I, not I a Kansas, know. Oklahoma. <laughs> Were they in one of the places and they zoomed into the other? Or? Well, it should be Kansas and Oklahoma. Mm. Not Kansas, comma, Oklahoma. Because how do we do um, city and state? Las Cruces, New Mexico, comma, in between. Vienna, Virginia, where we live, comma, in between. Uh-huh. So there's a new city called Kansas, <laughs> Oklahoma. In, in the state of Oklahoma? Okay. Yeah. All right, so this is what he said a lot of of horrible shit, but one of the fun things that he said, President Nelson clarified that the Book of Mormon is not a historical textbook. What? Oh, it's not the most correct. It's full of shit. And I would guess— It's fun fiction? (laughs) (laughs) It's fan fun fiction. Fan fiction. My guess is that because of— our day of sophisticated publication, uh, meaning now nowadays where there's actually the internet and mm-hmm. there's actually studies and science and research proving that, no, there were not horses here. No, they're like all this shit mm-hmm. is bullshit. So now, now that God's been found out, he's got to tell his prophet to change up what you were saying. You know, I think that Rusty M. Nelson is starting to think it's all fake. <laughs> If he does, he's not going to admit to it because he's the head honcho and he's got all the money. <laughs> all the money. I think that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, basically says it's not uh, history. Instead, it further defines many Bible teachings, blah, 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 blah. So, so what is the book? If it's not supposed to be historical, well, what is it? Rusty says it further defines many Bible teachings while revealing new concepts and refuting many falsehoods, including the notion that revelation ended with a Bible and that one can be saved by grace alone. So basically, God revealed this to Joseph Smith through golden plates because it's a lie. And what we (laughs) learned from that is that the Bible wasn't the last revelation, and you have to do shit to get saved. You can't just be saved by grace alone. Thanks. With a book that's not historically accurate. Right. So many directions I can go with it, but let's first talk about this, okay? So, President Nelson began his remarks Sunday by announcing a church donation of $2 million. What? Made hours earlier to the first Americans, I'm I'm guessing he's talking about Native Americans, Indigenous Peoples, museum in Oklahoma City. So wait, the church donated money They donated money to an Indigenous Peoples Museum, right? And by the way, I did some math here. The amount that they donated, if we take the $160 billion that they're sitting on, and I know there's so much more money than that. This is what's like in an account doing nothing. They donated 1.25%. Way to go. (laughs) Thanks. And this is where, for me, it gets irritating. So there's just now getting irritating. Yeah. Okay. First of all, when you give a gift, the fact that you like tell the people, hey, we gave you this gift is somehow, I don't know. Let me read this. Like patting yourself on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The gift from the church will strengthen Native American and other families by creating within the museum a family search center. 
So Oh, so they can do their genealogy. <laughs> right? Is that what that is? Right? Or sorry, genealogy. And don't you say genealogy? Genealogy. I am doing it. I hate that song. Oof. So it just gave me a chill. Yeah. Why did I trigger? I don't uh, even know that song. You don't even, yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Then he tells people to read the Book of Mormon. Read it, read it, read it. Now he is addressing people because he talks about how they donated money to this Native American museum. Mm-hmm. What I don't see in any of this is an apology for the way the early Mormons treated the indigenous peoples. Oh, for sure. And that's the thing. They never apologize. It talks about the Book of Mormon is the finest tool of conversion, Heartland's rich history, talking about the natives, blah, blah, blah. They were, this is now this is Elder Ugdorf talking. The American Indians were portrayed as noble and wise individuals who typically triumphed in the end. Like they're talking about like these amazing Native Americans who have embraced the gospel, mm-hmm. right? They're giving money to them. But wait, let's talk about how these people were treated when Mormonism came to be. Well, they don't apologize. Of course not. That's not going to happen. Nope. But you know, I can't get past the fact that Russell admitted it's not an historical document. He had to. Which means it's fiction. (laughs) Fan fiction. He admitted (laughs) that the Book of Mormon is a fictional mm-hmm. uh, narrative or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So tell me this. If this is the most correct book, meaning, let's say, God said it, why for, would God make up a story that is poking fun and being mean to the Native Americans? So let me let me get to this. You ready? Or how about the, the seed of Cain or Anybody, all that bullshit? Yeah, any minority, uh-huh. honestly. Because God hates anyone but the whites. Of course. According to Mormons. Of course. Of course. <laughs> If you're not Caucasian and cisgendered heterosexual, then what does Mormon God care about you? Doesn't. Right? Did you say male? Oh, right. <laughs> Duh. I mean, I, we don't need to say that. We, we, <laughs> That's we, implied. We know. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so here is how the Book of Mormon talks. Oh, you mean that fictional book? Yeah, yeah, fan fiction. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... According to Smith, when he found and translated the plates, they told of a lost tribe of Israel. Okay, these were the Lamanites, right? Well, another fictional group because well, yeah, it's, it's not fiction. a historical mm-hmm, document. Mm-hmm. So Lamanites are fictional. Right. Apparently, the, the Lamanites were bad guys. Fictional bad guys. Uh-huh. Okay. For this, because they were bad guys, and their rejection of Christ's teachings, God cursed the Lamanites with dark skin and a degraded existence. Mm. The story maintained, and it is just a story, that the Lamanites would not regain white skin and a civilized way of life until they accepted Christ's teachings. Thus, the heavenly beings, meaning the made-up angels that visited Smith, instructed Smith not only to restore the true Christian church, but also to bring salvation to Native Americans. So, According to the scripture, which is fake, made up, it's it's fictional. Mm-hmm. According to Rusty, Rusty. M. Nelson, yep, yep, their skin would lighten again if they accepted the gospel. Is that a and thing? It's not, <laughs> but there are actual wow. people out there who have said and believed that they saw someone's skin lighten, like uh-uh. a Native American lighten, as they joined the church. No. Yes. I will find quotes <laughs> if you don't believe me. Raise your hand out there, Exmos, if oh, you know this to be, to be true, that this people have said these things. Fucking well, all right. cases. This is so interesting to me. This whole idea that the Book of Mormon is now fiction. Mm -hmm. It's not a historical document. So what does that make it? Fictional, right? Right. 
Right. What about the golden plates? All well, fiction? It was just, it was, it was just a good story. Yeah, it was good stories. Yeah. Good story. Okay. It was like uh, Chronicles of Narnia, but not all good right. writing. <laughs> wow. And with horrible things to say about okay, so minorities. All of you that were under the impression that the Book of Mormon was a true, historical, real document. And we all were. Oh. And, and believing Mormons now oh, were until last week. Until last week. So, oh, so maybe Adam and Eve were not in Missouri. That wasn't in the Book of Mormon. That was a revelation. It wasn't? Yeah, that was this in the Doctrine and Covenants. So that's still true. That one's true? Yeah. How do we know? Because <laughs> God or Russell hasn't said anything contrary to that just yet. I'm so confused. What about Jesus coming What about this back is confusing to you? To Missouri. Is Jesus still coming to Missouri? Is that is that true or fiction? Well, I hope so. Is that in the Book of Mormon? <laughs> no. This was all Joseph Smith saying that's what he said. That's an add-on. about okay. what God said. Yeah, it's, it's an it's addendum. An it's an addendum in the How Doctrine do we and know Covenants. the doc what is it? Doctrine and Covenant? Mm-hmm. How do we know that's a real document? I'm sorry. Not a fictional document. How do we know? You know what is interesting about that? Is it eventually going to be like, well, no, when God told Joseph Smith that, he was just telling a story. It wasn't actually true. So the mm-hmm. Doctrine and Covenants is supposedly, and we know it's a lie, supposedly actual revelation from God to Joseph Smith. I saying, see. This but not, is how but it, the Book of Mormon wasn't. No. <laughs> well, we know that now. <laughs> I've been to like a it's week like, ago. It's <laughs> like an angel— <laughs> God. A fake angel or a a real angel? angel comes to Joseph Smith, wakes him up like creepy and says, I have this book called Harry Potter (laughs) and I am going, it's written in another language, which Mm -hmm. is also made up. And I am going to help you translate it because Harry Potter needs to go out to the entire Mm -hmm. world because there are lessons to be learned. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, I want to read a little more about this because it's interesting. So we're just talking about how the Book of Mormon was given and to Joseph Smith and said this needs to, this will bring salvation to Native Americans. In a fun, fictional way. (laughs) Of course. Now, as novel as this story sounds. Like, emphasize the novel part and not like the historical part. (laughs) Fiction. Uh, This was not the aspect of Mormonism that caught most outsiders' attention. So it was like, okay. In fact, various explanations identifying Native Americans as a lost tribe of Israel dated from the days of the early Puritans. Hmm. Nor was it the first time people had disdained Native Americans as a degraded offshoot of white civilization. Oh, well, of course, you have to other yeah. the Native groups when you're coming into their yes, country and taking it over. them and take their shit. So this wasn't a new idea. To kill them and to put them on reservations, yeah. you have to do that Yeah, to feel good about what you're doing. Right. We're helping them, actually. You're, we're helping oh, the Natives. Hel- we're helping them. Yeah. They're going to show us how to use corn and we're going to fucking give them smallpox. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> exactly. All right, can I can I keep reading? This sure. is actually a great article. Read away. Okay, more in this article. Blah, blah, blah. Joseph Smith is killed. Thank you very much. His successor, successor? Successor. Brigham Young decided to head for the Great Basin, and the church's policy toward Native Americans became a vital matter. Hmm. As his followers prepared to leave, Young admonished them to treat the American Indians fairly and take up the duty to convert them whenever possible. Mm-hmm, duh. It's like, oh, that's friendly. The Mormons' interaction with Native Americans remained friendly until they clashed over limited resources. There you go. Like, we're cool until we need your shit, mm-hmm. right? Young had purposely, meaning Brigham, 
selected the arid Great Basin as the Latter-day Saints' new home due to its ruggedness. He wanted church members to grow closer as they struggled to build Zion, and he wanted outsiders to pass by on their way to greener locations. So he basically was like (laughs) hiding from everyone. He picked a shit location on purpose somehow. (laughs) Right. This is the place. Anyway, Brigham Young's plan failed to take into consideration that Native Americans already were using the Great Basin's resources to capacity. Uh-huh. As Mormons poured into Salt Lake City, settlers appropriated rivers, streams, and springs. Of course they did. Yeah. They fenced off productive land and used up raw materials such as pine nut-bearing trees. Hmm. This caused no immediate conflict, but upon discovering their loss, members of the local Ute tribe demanded access to their resources and, when denied, simply did what they had long done and took what had been theirs. There you so go. So they're getting back the shit that was stolen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As the Mormon population grew, tensions escalated. Infertile soil and a lack of water made it impossible to quickly create dense, sedentary settlements, so Young sent newcomers farther from Salt Lake City. Unwilling to change plans, he advised against provoking the Native Americans, but soon allowed ruthless punishment of any Indian caught stealing or harming a settler or his property. So basically, if you're Mormon, you're there, and you're kind of choking out the Natives by stealing all their resources— If the natives try to come and get what was theirs, you can kill them. There you go. In a short time, church leaders authorize attacking American Indians who refuse to give up their resources without a fight. I mean, duh. Church leaders argued that Native Americans who resisted were actually rejecting Christ's message and by refusing justified retribution. Oh, my God. Yeah. So— Refusing Christ's message in this case was refusing to allow other people to steal your shit. Yes. And somehow that's rejecting Jesus. Yes. So if you're like, fuck that noise, I'm going to go get water from the stream that myself and my ancestors have been using forever. Yeah. And now there's a fucking fence there. Right. I'm going to get some water. Uh Oh, I might get killed for taking water from a stream that has been in my family Yeah, might as well get killed quickly versus dying of thirst because the water's not available. Mm -hmm. What a shit situation. And to say that that's what Jesus wanted. And so now I go back to this address given by Rusty. Mm -hmm. Donating 1% or what was it, 2% Mm -hmm. of the church's ridiculous amount of wealth Mm -hmm. to help the natives, Native Americans, indigenous peoples, build a museum. Mm Mm-hmm. When you won't even say, we are sorry. Sure. Take responsibility. Yeah. For what your people did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, we Mormons, we did this thing and that was not right. right. And it's not right to use Christ's name mm-hmm. in killing people because they won't give us their shit. Mm-hmm. So all of this tiny amount of money that the Mormon church gives, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean shit to me until you say, God, we fucked up. Yeah. And we are sorry. But, you know, no one apologizes. No, of course not. One more thing real quick. Eventually, three currents joined to end hostilities in the Mormon territory. Fighting the indigenous people became much more expensive than feeding them. So in many cases, Mormon leaders began replacing lost American Indian resources with welfare. Well, there you go. Let's take their shit and be like, but we'll give you things. Hmm. We're going to take what's yours, but you now need us and we'll give you what you need. The fuck is that? I'm sure with conditions and things, yeah. Of course. In the end, despite Mormon beliefs, Great Basin Indians became like Native Americans nationwide, painfully poor, prone to starvation, so much for the welfare, Mm. and 
able to exercise only a minimal amount of self-determination. Now let's talk about the welfare. I could read you page after page after page of journal entries from people who were in the place at the time and also, what do you call it, Um, spoken genealogy, right? Meaning, yeah, I know that the indigenous people, they didn't write a lot of things, but they would tell their history and it would be passed down and passed down. So this this is words of people who were there. All right, here we go. It was the summer of 1847, our lives would be changed. A new people would come. Not like the big hats of old. These people would build fences, claim lands, and disrupt our culture and way of life, bringing confusion as they spoke of their God and peace while sharing sacks of flour laced with broken glass. What? Yep. Brigham Young said you can get rid of more Indians with a sack of flour than a keg of powder. Oh, shit. Yes. So it's oral traditions, like shit that happened. When you don't write things down, you tell the story to your mm-hmm. kids, and they sell the, tell the story to the next kids. So someone supposedly heard Brigham Young say that. Oh, yeah. I, I can find—well, here, 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 here. So timpanogustribe.com, Ancestors. Um, here's some archived info. This is a quote. It says, Illa Chivers, great-granddaughter of Waibida and Rachel. Illa is a young girl, was an excellent horse rider. She did all the tricks as seen in the old Buffalo Bill shows as her grandmother Annie Reed rode in the Buffalo Bill shows. Isla shared the story of her family getting a sack of flour from the Mormons. When old James Reed saw the flour, he dumped some of it on the table and brushed his glove-covered hand across it, exposing the broken glass fragments hidden inside. She always warned against taking food from Mormons because of this. Wow. And she dedicated most of her adult life to research to help the people. Wow. Yeah. So that's the welfare. Yes. That was the the contributions from the Mormons to the Native people. We're going to take your shit. Oh, now you need shit. Okay. Well, we'll give you food so that you don't starve. Here's some flour. Let's lace it with glass and you will be dead and we will have our way. Wow. So again, going back to Rusty, not apologizing for this shit, just saying, here's a teeny tiny amount of money. Make a fucking museum. Oh, and read the Book of Mormon and get baptized and give us your tithing money. Fucking hate him. The Book of Mormon that's now a book of fiction. Yeah, here, read Harry Potter and then (laughs) give us your money. I mean, Harry Potter would be a better read. Yeah, and the author is just as much of an asshole. <laughs> Good so point. there you go. <laughs> there you go. Good point. Anyway, that's what I wanted to share. Wow. Got me a little, little uh, upset. And um, yeah, <sighs> I mean, there's a lot. You can just do a search for this. There's there's so many journal entries of oral traditions from mm-hmm. both the natives and like current, at the time, Mormons discovering they weren't all horrible people. You know, they were just doing what Brigham Young said. Search it up, as my kids would say. It's out there. And it's infuriating. Damn. Well, I think we need to take a commercial break, and then we've got some patrons to thank. Do it. All righty. We will be right back. Okay, we're back. I'm still a little heated over the uh, way that the natives here were treated by the Mormons. And how no apologies were made. Uh, Sorry, I'm still a little... I get it. I bet a lot of people don't really have any idea about that broken glass and the flower. No. So I remember when I was in college um, in Southern Arizona and I was taking like a history class or some shit. And the teacher briefly mentioned the the Mormon settlers coming through the West and killing, taking over the indigenous people. Well, like, he probably called them Indians then. Killing the Indians, according to him, and taking their things. And I was so offended at that because no Mormons would never do that. Right. 
Now I know better. Yeah. He was right. Fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Whitewashed history, bitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the whitewashers who are white. Weird. And delightsome. Oh, God. Shall we read patron names according to something we talked about? Um. Oh, what about the lady... Sister, Sister Craven L. and her— Use her full name, please. <laughs> Rebecca Rebecca L. L. Sister Rebecca L. Craven. Okay. Uh, talking about swearing? Mm-hmm. Brood of Wait, vipers? why? Because we're not allowed to swear anymore, and she gets upset <laughs> that you use replacement words. So why don't oh. we use replacement words for swears according to the first letter of their last name? I like you it. You like that? Yeah, let's try it. All right. Could be anything. Number one. Oh, we have five, by the way. Valerie— M. Can I do this one? Sure. Mother Trucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Valerie Mother Trucker. Thank you. <laughs> Next. Fallout Gal. I Fallout don't know if that's, Gal? I don't know if that's her real name or not. <laughs> Maybe she gave that name thinking, don't fuck up my real name. So Fallout Gal, you're not, thank you. You're not supposed to say fuck up because <sighs> this is, it's fetch. She wouldn't want us to fetch up fetch her real up name. Her name. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next. Beth P. P. Pishaw. Oh, my God. You got something? That was horrible. It's a fake swear. Pshaw? Pshaw. How old (laughs) are you? Every episode, I'm asking this question. (laughs) I'm starting to get a complex. I'm going to get, like, dial up my hearing aid, eh? Can you you repeat that? (laughs) Eh, sonny? (laughs) Okay, sorry, Beth. You're Pshaw. All right, you come up with something. I don't know. I'm I'm just going to have to go. See? I would get one. Oh, I would get it. I would have a perfect name. Sorry, Beth. Next, Raylan J. Take it. You, Jackalope. We use Jackalope you, a lot. You do. You specifically do. <laughs> we can't say jackass. You, Jack Donkey. Sure. Sorry, Raylan Jack Donkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's next? Okay, Emily. Lastly, Emily W. W. It's Emily. Yours. Okay, no matter what. I say I'm going to sound like an old fart. Because you're an old fart. Give me, <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> to me, fake swears sound like old people trying to come up with something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like rats or drat. You rat fink. That you was rat my mom's fink. when she used to watch General Hospital back in the day. You wily wascal. You. That's a double W. That was so bad. <laughs> All right, come up with one. Sorry, Emily. Wily wascal. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> your mother. <laughs> Rat fink. You rat fink. My mom used to sit. <laughs> Fake swears are just stupid. Yeah. My mom was a bit of a rebel. She would sit on the floor with her legs spread and play um, solitaire with face cards uh, and watch General Hospital and be a commentator. You rat fink. Until the church was like, no face cards. Don't waste your time on TV. Blah, blah, blah. And then her life got even more boring. So Wait a minute. Mormons can't play with a, just a deck of cards? No. Face cards? No. What are face cards? Like poker cards. Okay. Yeah. Because they've got queens and jacks and stuff. I don't know. Sure. Because it might make you gamble. It might make you gamble. It might lead to gambling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was huh. actually not a super old rule. I remember when uh, back in my married days and we had gone to visit Brent's parents. We'd been married for quite a few years. Um, we really loved playing like Texas Hold'em or something. And Brent's sister had brought this kit that had all the things for Texas Hold'em. It was pretty cool, like the chips and the cards and all that. Brent's mom would not allow us to play it. Oh, yeah, it's gambling. But can you play like Uno and stuff? Yeah, you can play. I mean, the church— are not there sca- are, face right, cards. Right, okay. there are church cards. There's oh. so many church card games, but they're not face cards. They're not gambling games. 
There's something. There's something not distinctly evil about. Fi- I don't fucking. It's all <laughs> bullshit. Based on oh, a fictional book called the Book of Mormon. It's fiction, everybody. Fan fiction. <laughs> Who is the fan? <laughs> only Joseph. He did, uh-huh. was the only one who gave a shit because uh-huh. it made him money. All right. Should we wrap this episode up? Yes. Thank you to all of our supporters. Oh, we do have a bit of news. What? Marco Polo Channels is going away. Not our fault. We're not doing this. Channels is. Yeah. They decided, the Marco Polo people decided to put time and resources into regular Marco Polo Mm -hmm. and not into channels. Yep. So that's going away uh, in April. Yeah. We've already alerted all of our folks on Marco Polo Channels. uh, So don't sign up for that. If you would like to support us, you can Mm -hmm. on either Patreon or Supercast Mm -hmm. or a one-time donation on GoFundMe. Those are the ways you can support us financially. Just Venmo me some money. Or Venmo Shelly. (laughs) Otherwise, (laughs) uh, check out latterdaylesbian.org slash support. Yes. Thank you to all of our supporters. Yes. And thank you to Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for leaving it in. And sometimes pulling it out. (laughs) Okay. Everybody remember, please steer clear of those cults because they're based on a fictional book. Well, and they're also no joke. They are no joke. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.